0: and welcome to the very first episode of 38 North Security Podcast. My name is Ingrid Woodley, and I am here today with Matt Strasberg, one of our senior cloud security advisors. Hello, Matt. Hello. Hey, so today we are talking about the October 27, 2023 memo, from the Office of Management and Budget with the subject modernizing the Federal Risk Authorization Management Program, also known as FedRAMP. We are expecting a final version as early as the final week of January. And so we want to do a refresher of that today. In anticipation of that official announcement, we are going to talk about what the changes mean where they're coming from with these changes and how it will affect cloud service providers looking to get FedRAMP authorized in the future. Quick note to everybody, just because we are doing this today, we are speculating, but once it does come out, expect another episode from us discussing um, what actually came out and what it means for everybody. So for those of you who don't know, Matt Strasberg here used to work in the FedRAMP program, um, program management office or the PMO. Uh, Matt, can you tell us a little bit about your time in this role?
1: So, I just came to 38 North from the FedRAMP PMO. I was with FedRAMP for the past nine years before that. Uh, So, I've seen FedRAMP through a lot of different changes, Uh, you know, from that paper based, uh, you know, uh, stage gate type of review to more of a big bang type of an approach. Uh, I was an authorization lead, and then I shifted to become a GSA uh, ISSO. uh, working effectively with the jab. And then I've done a couple other things uh, with FedRAMP. But uh, it was a wonderful time, wonderful experience. Uh, but I'm really glad to be joining 38 North now.
0: Excellent. Well, we are very happy to have you here. Um, I know personally, for me, you've been extremely helpful with you know getting me on board and um, teaching me FedRAMP stuff. Also, as if FedRAMP was not complicated enough. Now I'm hearing from you that you used to do pen and paper. It's like, what is what was that like? My gosh.
1: Well, it was, it was very long. So we used to take each individual document and review those. So the SAP, then the SAR, then the SSP, and then walk through the authorization process in more of a stage gate type of review. Um, and then we shifted to be more Uh, focused on a big bang approach using the resources that we had across the Joint Authorization Board, the JAB, with resources from DOD, GSA, and DHS effectively trusting one another to conduct a review in a more streamlined fashion. The whole purpose of this was to try to get the authorization time down to a mere three months from an 18 month window. So we were effective in doing that, and this memo, Goes further to emphasize that fast, uh, agile type of an approach to an authorization, adding more automation and threat based methodologies to the risk management process to hopefully streamline the authorization so that people aren't going through a long review and taking 12 months, 15 months, somewhere along those longer ends to get an authorization. This is going to help agencies to effectively spin up more resources faster, Uh, and then CSPs at the end of the day being able to effectively meet agency missions uh, that are critical and getting resources allocated appropriately in a timely fashion.
0: So this is very exciting. Thank you, Matt. Um, Again, we don't have the official memo yet, but we can kind of speculate about what's coming in an intelligent manner based on the direction that OMB took the memo and the outline that they have laid out for FedRAMP and the necessary reorganization that will need to take place as a result. So with that said, let's go ahead and dig in. Uh, so what's in the memo? At its heart, this memo is about how FedRAMP needs to adjust as a result of the FedRAMP Authorization Act of 2022, effectively making FedRAMP law. But Matt, what does that mean for the FedRAMP program overall?
1: So back in 2011, uh, when FedRAMP was brand new, uh, it's undergone a lot of change. Uh, Like we talked about with the very manual authorization process, it's spun up and become more agile and faster in order to adapt to rapidly changing market conditions. Um, This response Uh, for OMB is to, yes, operationalize that FedRAMP Authorization Act, but to go one step further and look at the program structure of FedRAMP and enable them to identify areas of enhanced capabilities. Um, You'll see some changes that aren't necessarily outlined in here, but actually have a trickle-down impact, not only to the CSP, but to the agencies that are working closely with those CSPs, and then the way that FedRAMP applies that risk-based approach to authorizations, there's going to be more structure and more centralized impact of the Program Management Office. There could be, as a result of this, some technical implications as well, as far as leveraging external systems. Um, Some of that is still yet to be determined because after this OMB memo goes final, FedRAMP will have some time to react and implement along these guides. So while some things may change, the writing and the structure will be on the wall. And to get in front of that from an agency perspective and from a CSP's perspective is to identify that six-month window, identify what's next. Where is my best and most likely pathway to success and FedRAMP authorization, especially when we're talking about that FedRAMP front door, how do I get there? And there's going to be some changes and right now some process areas that have stopped as a result of this memo's indefinite or or timely release. Uh, You know, we anticipated since the public comment period went uh, and closed December 22nd that they will be fairly quick in adjudicating those comments and releasing the final. So with that, you know, we can certainly dive into some of the other areas um, of this OMB memo and what that would specifically mean.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Um. So a really big thing that I am seeing here is that there are now going to be more pathways to authorization. So like you said, you know, it's all about what CSPs feel is the best path for them. But the really big thing that I'm seeing also, the other really big thing is that This no longer includes the Joint Authorization Board or JAB. So, Matt, what can you tell us about what's happening here and why they made this decision?
1: So, like I mentioned with the program structure, the FedRAMP board um, will be a policy-based board, not having any authorization decisions. For CSPs that have unique implementations or are looking for uh, you know, guidance or precedent to be reestablished, the FedRAMP board will tackle much of those policy based issues and looking at it much more from a holistic government perspective and the marketplace of cloud solutions, evolving with encryption, involving with multi factor authentication, evolving with a lot of the way cloud services are evolving in order to apply that to federal standards in coordination with NIST and CISA. That's kind of yeah. where that o- that FedRAMP board will effectively sit. Much of the centralized authorizations decisions will be with the FedRAMP director and effectively the PMO working in coordination with the FedRAMP director on all authorizations. So from a pathway perspective, it's going to be much more Um, dependent on agencies to participate in the upfront initial authorizations. There are two defined paths that call out agencies specifically. One is a single agency authorization, which is kind of very similar to the agency authorization path. ACSP works with this agency to effectively meet the mission and the requirements go through the security authorization documents and then submit back to FedRAMP for that final authorization decision. What I see is one of the biggest hangups to that is going to be the resourcing. Not all agencies are fully equipped with robust ISSOs that are very familiar with FedRAMP authorizations. And so this joint agency authorization is a way for FedRAMP to help quarterback a authorization for multiple agencies to provide multiple resources and work with a single CSP uh, on that authorization and effectively reducing the burden Mm -hmm. of resourcing and uh, risk management type of an approach to that security authorization review. Now, the interesting thing here with both of those is going to be the capabilities of automation and the way that that will actually impact the speed to authorization agencies through this memo are going to be required to adopt machine readable formats um, now this is much more leveraging the oscal stuff that nist and fedramp have helped develop and taking a threat-based methodology to risk assessments there's going to be much more coming out from a capabilities perspective around automation soon. I know NIST has a webinar coming up next week on the capabilities of FedRAMP and what to look forward to. I know that the, the templates as they move from Rev 4 to Rev 5 have already been developed in a machine readable format to help streamline that and allow CSPs the ability to automate that with the transition from Red 4 to Rev 5 so we so can you'll see, see that, some um, of that
0: stuff. They've actually been pretty much lining this up already, and now that this is coming out, you know, we're seeing that all this prep that they that they've been doing with OSCAL and like Rev Five, and it's now coming to fruition because now it's coming out in FedRAMP that there's going to be automation, and that's great. That is awesome.
1: Yep. Um, you know, one of the things, and I talked a little bit about some of those agency restrictions, those agency interpretations of cloud products. This memo goes to dispel the notion that commercial versus dedicated or government-only clouds uh, are are different inherently. Um, Really, we're talking about the cloud deployment model here. OMB says we can still leverage um, commercial products for FedRAMP authorizations, and this is going to help CSPs to bring their own commercial products up to a federal standard and not have to manage two separate environments. So there will be some streamlined and a breaking down of the barriers of federal agency requirements to say, no, we need our own dedicated solution. We need that government only community cloud in order to operate within that federal environment.
0: Yeah, because you see products like Zoom for government. And that that puts so much burden on the provider. And it's going to be, that's going to be a barrier to, you know, getting a lot more products on the FedRAMP marketplace.
1: Well, and not only a barrier to getting more products on there, but there are cloud service providers that are managing multiple instances. They have yep. a commercial product and they have a dedicated federal environment and they're allowing agencies to play within both. This is going to help streamline that continuous monitoring process and, in fact, create one singular environment that everybody can start to play in and effectively make the monitoring and that environment more secure. At the end of the day, that's what this is about, having secure federal resources and protecting federal information. The interesting thing here with some of those agency requirements is also – a presumption of adequacy and what that actually means. Now, when the FedRAMP Authorization Act was first uh, released back in 2022, I got a lot of questions. What does presumption of adequacy mean? What does it mean? How do we relate to this? And I answered a lot of those questions saying, well, we've got to wait for OMB to really define that. And that's what this memo goes and says that okay, Mr. or Mrs. Agency, you can certainly take FedRAMP at a very high bar for security and use all FedRAMP authorizations with this assumption that it will meet your standards. They go about these one-off, they talk about in this uh, this memo about one-off type of Uh, requests that have to be approved by the director if there are specific agency requirements that don't fall within the scope of a traditional FedRAMP authorization, but those should be few and far between. This is gonna create much more of a level playing field, be very firm, fair and consistent for CSPs going through the Mm -hmm. process, applying risk with a fairly even hand and not holding any one cloud service provider to a different standard than the other. And so I think overall that presumption of adequacy, not only from an agency perspective, but from a CSP perspective, uh, will provide a more consistent application of risk management across all levels of federal government.
0: Excellent. Uh, So talk to me about continuous monitoring. So
1: the capabilities of continuous monitoring are going to be evolving. Uh, fairly rapidly. Mm. Uh, FedRAMP and, and being now a more centralized authorization arm, I believe, will be taking more of a role in the continuous monitoring across all cloud services, not just the ones associated with the JAB. This mm-hmm. is going to create much more of a consistent continuous monitoring approach and looking at the agencies and reducing some of their burden as well by providing a dashboard or providing a new real-time risk management profile on all cloud services. Now, that's going to have to scale up fairly quickly because there are over 300 cloud services. So for FedRAMP to be able to do that, they're going to need a tool that can scale up and scale down fairly quickly. I do know that they have one readily accessible and ready to roll out, but, From an overall program perspective, they're going to have to continue to define what continuous monitoring looks like across all cloud systems. I think what you're going to see is a very, again, more firm, fair, and consistent approach, which will hopefully enable agencies to consume continuous monitoring in a responsible manner and not just only look at it in times of high risk but look at it on a monthly basis as it's intended. Um, It could even move from a point-in-time monthly type of cadence to more of a real-time risk management profile.
0: Would it be something that they would be able to do on their own, or is it going to require specialized knowledge?
1: Well, certainly anything with FedRAMP, because it's a complex environment, requires a specialized knowledge set, not only from a programmatic Mm. perspective, but from a technical acumen perspective. Mm -hmm. And so being able to bleed both sides of the fence with this is what makes 38 North very valuable. Uh, But from a continuous monitoring perspective specifically, there are some nuances when it comes to scanning, when it comes to interpreting poems, when it comes to looking at the inventory that we get questions on all the time. You know, yes, you may understand that for high vulnerabilities, it's 30 days, for moderate vulnerabilities, it's 90, for low vulnerabilities, it's 180. But how does that relate to point effective poem management? How are you managing your risks and then how are you communicating that to agencies? That is going to be the biggest key, is the communication of these risks and aligning it not only to CISA and the BOD 2202, but to other vulnerabilities that are out there. We see zero-day threats, and we see you know known exploited vulnerabilities, KEVs popping up from time to time. Uh, Being able to effectively communicate that response to the federal government is also a huge aspect of continuous monitoring. Incident response is a major impact. So it's not only the vulnerabilities, but what happens if there's a breach or when there's a breach. What do we do? How do we handle that? And so it, it's not just so singularly focused where you're only looking at web, OS, and DB scans on a monthly basis, but how do you relate that to the larger environment and be able to effectively communicate that to the agencies to give them the understanding that, yes, this environment is still secure.
0: We're going to be the key players.
1: Players won't change too much. Uh, mm-hmm. you certainly with the dissolution of the Joint Authorization Board, as we can interpret from this memo, and more centralized impact within the PMO, I think you'll see more robust resources dedicated to the PMO specifically with the federal board, comprising of either previous TRs or other agency heads or CIO council members, OMB council members, those folks, comprising of that board providing that steering committee. Now, you also have the tech, or excuse me, the TAC, the technical advisory committee, Mm -hmm. which will also dive into those technical nuances that come up from cloud services from time to time, how to handle certain risks, how to handle certain implementations, you know, that go against the grain, that go somewhat outside of the bounds of typical implementations. Um, You know, maybe there's that post-quantum cryptography that's coming up. How does that get handled from a continuous monitoring perspective? What are the resiliencies on some of these scanners and some of those nuanced impacts to federal security um, and securing federal data? And then how does that get interpreted across the federal ramp environments, right? All, you know, those, those cloud services that are playing within the marketplace.
0: Do you feel like there's anything here that CSBs should be cautious of when this comes out?
1: Yeah, one of the things that's mentioned in the memo is this uh, external framework and being able to apply external frameworks to FedRAMP. Uh, While it's meant well, this has been a conversation that has been ongoing for quite some time, many years, in fact, to try to look at SOC 2 or try to look at ISO 27001 and say, are there testing capabilities that those frameworks have that can be used for FedRAMP authorizations? And there's never really been a one-to-one comparison where we can say, yes, this testing can be reused. So I'm cautious to see what would actually come about that. Now it can be put into the memo, whether or not there's resources dedicated to that to say yes, you know, this testing can be used for these controls. I'm still a little little weary of. Um, And then agency resources. We talked about a little bit of the joint agency um, authorization path and how the agency resources need to be um, uh, condensed to help with this. Is OMB going to go one step further and say agencies must dedicate certain resources to FedRAMP programs and saying that certain levels of ISSOs must be dedicated at a certain percentage level. This memo doesn't quite get there to enabling agencies to really effectively meet uh, FedRAMP requirements and help Mm -hmm. with that streamlined process for authorizations. So while the authorization process for FedRAMP in their scope of work may be quicker agencies are still left taking long periods of time to review documentation how are we going to enable agencies through this memo to effectively meet that i think that's still one of the questions that i have coming out certainly because this is draft maybe there's some more being considered with that public comment period closing here soon but as we move forward to 2024 i think as FedRAMP continues to evolve we, 38 North being our best position enabled to meet that and effectively communicate those requirements and showing CSPs how to navigate this FedRAMP environment in a fast and efficient manner.
0: Excellent. All right. I love that. So I think that covers everything. Um, Matt, do you have any last words for anybody listening to us today?
1: No, I mean, certainly if we can be of help, reach out to us. We're happy to even have a small conversation about this. This is something that we find exciting and we're we're all about. I mean, this is what we do. And so, uh, you know, certainly excited to see not only where this podcast stuff goes, uh, but certainly where the (laughs) federal program takes us as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt.
1: Yeah, thank you.